1: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today.
2: Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of ComicBook.com. I am your host Kofi Outlaw, and joining to me are my regular co-hosts Matthew Aguilar, what up, and Connor Casey. Yo. And if you're listening to this, this is another bonus round edition of Comic Book Nation where we take the content that we really either feel like is just too big for one of our regular shows or just needs its own kind of specific focus because we can't fit in our regularly scheduled program. It doesn't fit, but we still want to talk about it. So as always, subscribe to Comic Book Nation on your favorite podcast platforms and to our Comic Book Nation YouTube page. That is comic book, all one word, dash nation on YouTube. So you never miss any of this bonus content because it's great. I mean, we are out here grinding today. So Matt and Connor just recorded something, I think, for wrestling that's coming down the pike. Yep, In and a it makes bit. this
3: shirt make a lot more sense.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you're watching this, you guys are kind of shirt sure has a, a functional purpose. But there was more that happened today, and we have got to talk about it. So, as we are coming on and recording this, you guys are getting our instant reactions. We have all just seen the secret invasion, Mark, secret invasion finale. And so, while we do have our sister podcast, Phase Zero, who just did an excellent breakdown of the finale episode and all that there is a larger question that we all kind of had circling around our office and within us after kind of watching the finale that we thought, you know, we got to come on and talk about this and we got to address it, which is what is going on with the, and what the hell is going on with the MCU right now? And is Marvel still building a successful franchise universe? Or as I put in the show notes, are we looking at something kind of different right now? And is that okay? Or does there need to be course correction? So, We are going to talk maybe a little bit about our Secret Invasion, the actual finale episode, a little bit on our regular show on Fridays, live Fridays, every noon Eastern. Uh, We're in Janelle Wheeler, our other co-host will be here. She can also weigh in, let us know her thoughts about the show and everything. But uh, gentlemen, we will be tackling this harder question about the MCU. And we also are coming in hot over after another big Marvel event happened today on the comic book side. It was the X-Men's Hellfire Gala 2023, the annual event they've done the last, what, two, three years, Matt, Mm -hmm. where they basically throw a big party and invite all people from across the world, human and mutant, to attend. And uh, needless to say, this year was a bit different. So we got to talk about all that. And so we're we all raw. We are all in the moment. So we thought, let's hop on, let's go live, and let's talk to our uh, comic book fans and our comic book nation fans and kind of run through all of this so let's take it from the top guys what the hell is going on with the mcu so we just got done secret invasion and i think unless i'm reading the room wrong i mean even if we liked the finale we all are feeling some kind of way about its lack of connections to basically anything else in marvel <laughs> cinematic universe phase 4 like. This is going to be full spoiler, so if you haven't seen Secret Invasion yet, obviously you don't want to jump in this, but I don't think it's even that much of a spoiler to say this show did nothing to set us up, really, for the Marvels beyond one piece of dialogue that says something about a Cree peace treaty with the Skrulls that's happening, and that I, I am assuming, because Nick Fury tells his wife at the end, Vara, and is like, come with me, we're going to be negotiating this Cree peace treaty, and I'm getting that That's pretty much our only setup for the Marvels, right? Like, that's it. Yeah.
1: That's it. The only one.
2: That's it. That's the only one. So what the hell was going on in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I think we're not the only fans to be asking this right about now. Um, I think it's been long enough. We're in phase five now, right? Like, we went through all of phase four in this multiverse saga, and – I think the MCU definitely feel I think it's safe and not even controversial at this point to say it's it's lost a step. Right. And it's just it's not the same post Endgame. And it's not just I mean, we can argue about the quality of the shows and the movies, the VFX, all that. But there's just something core missing to all this, which is Marvel used to be a franchise that was distinguished by being this interconnected universe of stories as I put in the show notes now, it feels more like I'm at a potluck, right? But the potluck is all under some one person's house and it's at Marvel's house and it's Marvel's potluck. But it's just like a random bits of things that people have gone together and say, fill your plate up, you know, with yeah. this, that, other, and none of it feels that connected. And I get it. it, it it's like we always have that. You got to be careful because we do have that whole, Tendency where we get like theory Biased right because we felt Something should happen or this that and the other Should happen it doesn't go that way but I feel Like this isn't that right like I I feel like It wasn't unreasonable for Us all to assume that Given the proximity of what happens in this show And how it presumably leads into the Marvels just having Like Carol Danvers Just as simple as Carol Danvers standing in that Beam of light to say hey Nick welcome back Or something to space and just be like Yeah, we got work to do or something like just to make this all feel relevant. I feel like Fury going back to Earth, doing all this and going back to space and dealing with whatever's happening in the marbles doesn't mean a damn thing. And I feel like that movie is not going to reference him clearly coming back to Earth after all of this and having that be a damn thing, too, because that's got to matter, too. right?
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I also don't feel like he grew as a character either. I mean, I, this wasn't even a, you know, this kind of started out as like, Oh, it's going to be a character study. And like, dude didn't change. Dude made, <laughs> dude said the same thing at the end of like, you know, it, it all accumulated to uh. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll do better. I'm like, what the, I needed six episodes for that. Like, like you can say at the beginning, like I, I agree with you. I don't, I think we do sometimes fall into that trap. Wandavision is a perfect example, you know, uh, You know, people like just like, oh my God, this didn't happen. This didn't happen, and no one ever said it was. You know, Multiverse of Madness is another one. Like, there are movies and shows that get kind of the raw end of that stick when people, people's assumptions, and then they are disappointed by assumptions. (laughs) Like, that's not the project's fault. When you name something Secret Invasion, or you name it after a thing that is very well known, Secret Wars is going to face this exact same thing. Okay, when you name it that there are certain expectations even just in itself and then when a key character is tied to a movie that is coming out in a couple months i think those are i don't think those are like the same as like a reddit theory that like you know got a lot of momentum and stuff like no those are just i think just like factual things to assume <laughs> almost about something and when that it doesn't deliver on those or delivers very little in terms of that i think it's okay that you're annoyed like, I think it's OK when people are like, seriously, like that didn't like what a nothing burger of a yeah. show. <laughs> like, just wow.
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the micro and then expand to the macro. Matt, we talked before the camera started rolling. It's funny how this is the second time now where you have an, a concept like the scrolls, which is effectively in case of character assassination, break glass and have an immediate retcon that explains why a character was out acting in a way that fans don't like. They didn't use it in the original Secret Invasion comic, even though everyone thought they would, and they didn't use it here. Instead, they threaten us with, hey, we're going to take one of the most emotional scenes in Avengers Endgame and take a big old dump on it and say, hey, one of the characters that you thought was having a real emotional moment right now, yeah, that that wasn't really him. So I'm really keeping my fingers crossed that the whole theory of, hey, he's been out of it since Civil War with the leg break. I hope they figure out how to just say, oh, no, it's only been a couple of years. And you no, know, he was still there for that. And he knows Tony is dead because otherwise,
2: good luck. No, that, I mean, I always said in the beginning that it, that Rhodey was gone since Civil War. I, sens- such a, I said that's that. That's a mistake. though. I that. said that right from the beginning. I was like, yeah, and and I, I, my
3: hope at the war. time was that they're not that stupid. That they wouldn't do that, that they wouldn't touch something like that. Here we are. Now, into the also uh, weird that the show just kind of half handedly just goes, oh, by the way, ethnic cleansing time, no more aliens. So, so say the president, here's a kill squad killing a guy live on television. Great work, guys. Um, in the macro of the MCU, because that's what we're here to talk about, is can this shit be righted? There's an old expression. Big ships turn slowly and under the leadership of Bob Chapek, we had seven films and eight TV shows. Bob Iger was not brought it back in until the end of 2022. All we've had since then are what has come out this year and this show, which I presume all was finished with post-production by the time he was back in the chair. He hasn't had the time to course correct and go, Hey, Hey, JPEG's idea was throw as much content at the wall and see what sticks because we need bigger subscription numbers for Disney+. Plus. Iger is looking at this and he's saying as much in interviews and going, yeah, that was a mistake. Because now we've got a bunch of product that nobody cares about. And when you ask, how is this all connected? The big answer has been a shoulder shrug. Because I can only I can count on one hand the times where I've been watching the movies and gone okay yeah I'm glad that I watched the show because otherwise this doesn't make any sense and I have no doubt that with unless you didn't watch Miss Marvel you're gonna you're gonna follow along with the Marvels just fine and that's and when you ask like how do you fix this it's stop with the TV shows honestly for the most part we don't need them. And there's four more in the can right now, and a fifth one that was that got stopped by the writer strike. You know, I, I it's I think it's as simple as less is more, and the, a lot of the TV shows don't warrant their own existence at this point.
2: Ooh, that's a big statement. I want to I want to go like let's get into that, Matt. Do you? <laughs> I mean, do you agree? Do you think? Do you think we could dispose of many of these TV shows? I, I mean, in my immediate just knee jerk reaction is to say except for launching new characters you think would be better launched on the screen like i th- like yeah. i think your your moon Knight and miss marvel still are relevant yeah. um but other than that i mean it's arguable unless you have an actual event storyline that is really solid and different for the tv medium which is what wandavision was right like that was a really solid tv concept using a character in an event in that character's life right other than that, I, I think you, yeah, I think you either save TV for character origins that are better for the small screen, or more of those like one shot specials, right? Like those yeah. feature, like Werewolf by Night, great time, did a lot, good job. You can launch any number of movies after that, right? Or yeah. you, you know, or if you wanted to get into a longer like man thing origin series or something, but it would be there. The interest would already be there. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's characters uh, that you think are just so solid on a small screen that it's worth doing. But uh, yeah, yeah, I I I think trying to go around and give, I think, and I put this in, and we're just going to transition to our next uh, discussion topic. But I think that it's the old blood that is getting kind of thin, and I'll just leave it at
1: that. Yeah, I agree with you on the previous thing. I think I, but I don't go. I don't go. It's. Again, I tend to be the, you know, person kind of in the, in the middle <laughs> <That> <laughs> I tend, to keep the, I tend to keep the thing of going, no, we don't get rid of all of them, but we don't keep all of them either. Because I agree with you. I think uh, there is a thing of, you know, diluting the brand, right? There is, that is a thing that happens. There's too much content and not enough of it is stellar. Um, you know, I think Moon night right way to go because you could explore things in that in a show format. And I actually think they should be longer. They should get rid of this stupid six episode thing. Like, I don't I think ten is the sweet spot. Eight to ten is always kind of the sweet spot on on a show that either goes to streaming or just kind of prestige shows. I I always like that format because it gives you enough space to explore something, but not too much where you wear out your welcome. Uh, I I think we can keep that Moon Knight is a great example of that. Um, Miss Marvel. Great example that where by night, the hour format, I love those. Let's do more of those. Let's, let's do compact stuff. But I agree that like, if you got rid of, you know, uh, 25% easy of the streaming stuff we've, we've had, you would have, and, and you focused more on connecting those and actually like making those really relevant to what's going on in the movies, then yeah. But, but honestly, this problem goes past TV shows. I think TV shows is an easy scapegoat. Uh, I You could look at the MCU's movie output over the past year and a half and, like, really, how much of that feels connected. Not a lot. They all feel like one-off things. Or continuations yes. of their own franchises like guardians is a perfect example of that black panther another example of that Th- those movies resonate because they are within their own little mini universes they don't resonate across the board like the everything feels very siloed off and it's that way across all of the mcu and so it's a problem that isn't just on tv side so i think that is a factor but i yeah. think you know all of the connections need to be More enhanced, they actually need to feel like they connect to each other, and they don't.
3: Even when movies shared similar concepts, like the multiverse, Doctor Multiverse of Madness, Spider-Man: No Way Home, Loki, they all somehow simultaneously broke the multiverse and didn't. To where and across the the Spider Verse,
1: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah,
2: yeah. There's been like multiple simultaneous breaches of the multiverse, but I mean, I said this also when when we were getting the Chepeck era that I felt like in now, so I, I feel even more so that like it, it is that movies and TVs as concepts got lost. It all became one big content baloney sheet that they started cranking out only this content got this much of a budget in time while this content got this much of a budget and this much time and screen time. And it's just like work with that. But it all feels like it, 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 it didn't the TV, the movie started to feel like big TV episodes. And I've been saying that for, multiple films now, like Doctor Strange, even Black Panther, to a certain extent. Um, Shang-Chi, like every even internal. It all felt like big episodes of a TV series and not so much a cinematic event. I think there's been a couple exceptions, uh, Guardians 3 being an exception. That was a whole cinematic tale right there. And kind of like you said, a closed off portion of the universe. Or Black Panther 2 was obviously dealing with real life stuff while right. trying to set up new Marvel stuff. But again, it, it is this weird thing where like nothing is flowing to each other. We make the jokes like at this point, there's been a man half out of the ocean for or, or a god half out of the ocean for years now. The whole crap with Avengers Tower and telling us all the way back in what, 2018, that somebody was buying it and having nothing move ahead with that. The whole vibranium arms race in Black Panther 2 being such a key to that, and nowhere else does that matter. The whole scroll Cree war, and it matters so much to like these one or two projects that you'll see in a couple years, but then we never hear it about it, even when the Guardians are flying and Thor. Are cosmic flying
1: overall, flying. right? Like, just yeah, cosmic like in general, it. like nothing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: nothing relates to anything. And it's just like on Earth, like, all this stuff happening with like Egyptian gods and like all of these things that have to be big within themselves that then turn around, but just don't feel big like a minute later and the across the rest of the universe. And it's just, it's really baffling, like how, how we got here. And I don't know how you pull this over. I was just talking in the office and it's like, even with the delays, it feels like, the thing that is going to be as epic as Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars is going to end up feeling so flat, like it's not going to feel all that exciting or earned. I'm like somebody, uh, I think Jomi from uh, Midnight Boys put out a tweet that went viral. Shout out to Midnight Boys again. Yeah, uh, we we love other podcasts. I love that podcast, but um, he said uh, we're going. He said we're going into Secret Wars. with like the Washington Wizards of Avengers or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just that like, it was God. just like, yeah, it was just like Sean she, and it was breaking down. Everybody we have confirmed to even be probably in that squad. And it's just like, it was a joke. And, and this is a person who obviously loves the MCU, but it is kind of like, yeah, you're not kidding. Like none of these people have earned like a franchise has not done enough to earn the status to make these are like not even, and they've done so much to build up that like, oh, the Thanos stuff, that was small. These multiversal villains, like I just wrote a piece about, there's this big debate right now about which villains in the MCU have killed the most and everybody's kind of centered down. That it has to be the multiversal guys, right? So it's like Kang versus uh, Supreme Strain Earth 3.8, who calls the Incursion versus Infinity Ultron who started wiping out life all across the multiverse. And it's like it, they've made this point to say the Infinity Stones and all that is so much smaller than what has what's coming through the multiverse. Yeah, the paper. And it's like, right, exactly. The paperweight joke and all this. And it's like, but none of it feels that much bigger. None of it feels that much more drastic. And I don't believe in anybody going in to stop this. I mean, but then again, maybe I'm just having my expectations wrong because Kang was the uh, greatest killer of the Marvel villains by most fan decision. And Ant-Man beat him. Yeah. With ants. With ants. So uh, yeah, I have no idea how to feel anymore. <laughs> Can yeah, somebody like, make it make sense?
3: Like, personally, I'm dreading uh, Kang Dynasty, and it seems like the only way we're going to get out of that one is if le- the legal system kicks in, which seems ridiculous when said out loud. But you look at, like, the, the option is inject new blood, which it seems like we're going to gradually get a drip feed of that anyway. Deadpool, Blade... Fantastic Four, the X-Men, whenever the hell they want to finally pull the trigger on that. Or you do a reboot, but then you run into the problem of something like what DC has been dealing with, which is, well, some of this worked, though. So mm-hmm. how do we reboot without killing a lot of this that is proven to work? So, you know, you mentioned the Midnight Boys. I'll mention another person from the Ring Joanna Robinson. She's writing this big book about the Infinity Saga of the MCU. Whenever she or somebody else writes the massive, like, here's the entire history of the MCU when all is said and done, the chapter that starts the multiverse will be something like, yeah, everything started falling apart when the TV show started because we took on too much, too, too much, too soon, too quickly.
2: Yeah, producer Pete is in the uh, is helping to run this right now. And uh, yeah, he said, I mean, he's very animate about and I agree with you need new blood, right? like Werewolf by Night is people are saying Brad Johnson all in a game shout out to our youtube fans it, it that and we talked about this not just a couple of weeks ago about how that so deftly in an hour gave you an entire history set of characters and mythology for the Marvel supernatural universe and it's like yeah we can go from there and explore new supernatural things we could see what man thing and werewolf by night have been doing where is blade where is all these other great people that we know from this corner um what's her name bloodstone elsa bloodstone and whatever and monster hunting and all of this stuff and it's just like yeah let's get to that stuff okay because even though i even love loki it's like uh, spending too much more time with tom hiddleston's loki i can't keep doing this for too much longer um the nick fury thing the guy who started it all i think we've just burned out on the whole notion that we can keep finding new depth in these characters like let these actors rest Bring them back for cool ass appearances where they barely have to work. And, like, let's get some new blood. Like you said, Fantastic Four, X Men, even everything Daredevil's supposed to do for the street level.
1: Like, yeah,
2: I just feel absolutely. like a lot of this has been so planned poorly. And, like, they really thought that they could just keep sustaining on the same things. It's funny that you bring that while up while throwing all this, new, like, kind of half hearted new stuff at us without yeah. real, uh, yeah, I'm going to stop talking in a second, without real character arc plants. My biggest hope for the multiverse saga right now is two things. One that the Marvels makes Carol Danvers finally writes that ship and gives Carol Danvers an actual character and personality and that Kamala Khan having the best arc in this whole thing, hopefully by the end of that movie. And like, that's all I got.
1: It's funny. You brought up play me and Connor. were actually talking about this before the thing started. My biggest issue with, so it's one of those things where at the beginning of the MCU, we always, you know, they always talked about like, you know, Kevin Feige having this, you know, broad plan, right? Very intricate plan of like, here's where these pieces go. Here's what feeds into this. Here's that. And this was talked about, not even just him, but just Marvel in general had a very, they had a plan, not from the very beginning. Cause obviously like the universe was getting up and started, but like after like phase one, right. They really started to really lock in on a plan. And then we're starting to get to the point where it's starting to feel like phase one again, where, Oh yeah, there are things that like are happening. So like the roadie thing, right. Was uh, Connor was referencing it before that decision to have him be a scroll for like, let's go with the notion and the presumed thing that it is since civil war. Okay. That doesn't, there was a time when I would that twist would happen and you would go, okay, there's, that's a part of a plan. They've been doing that and you would go back and watch those, Movies with him in it, because that would be Infinity War and game, you know, Captain uh, Captain America, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right. All those things. You would go back and watch those and you would be like looking for clues because like that's how far back it was planned. Right. Like he was there was going to be little nuggets for you to go. Oh, that wasn't him. It would recontextualize his performance in those. That's not there. Nope. That's because it feels like it was tacked on after the fact and they went, hey, who can we turn that like won't break everything, <laughs> but will break just enough. It all feels like it's done after the fact, and, and it doesn't feel earned that way. And it, by the way, it still breaks stuff. And also, you did it to the most boring character that wasn't even relevant for half the damn movies anyway. So like it, it doesn't even feel like it was <laughs> a, an impact either way. It was a lose-lose. So now that kind of trust is starting to kind of whittle away. And I don't have the uh, just 100% faith that like, oh, yeah, they were they were doing that from the beginning. It all feels tacked on. I agree, though, that this very much can be salvage. I I agree with Connor on the whole. These things take a while. There's behind oh, yeah. the scenes stuff. Obviously, we've been talking about forever. Right. I mean, everything was thrown off by the pandemic. Then everything with Disney has been this weird shakeup of leadership behind the scenes and different uh you know, different, uh, approaches to content and all that. So this can be righted, but I do think the way you do it is really by pushing the fantastic four, despite my, like, I'm not like the biggest fantastic four person, but using them in a smart way can revitalize a lot. They bring with them a lot of concepts that you can play with things and maybe fix a couple things here and there, and also bring this big team. You you by bringing them as a focal point, that means you can bring Doctor Doom and all these other characters with them, and they will they uh, automatically bring a fresh energy. X Men, absolutely, but I don't see that happening for another. I wish it would happen. I don't see that happening for another three years. <laughs> I just don't have a. I don't have the faith we're going like, to get there. We're going to
2: close out. We're going to close out soon, but I think. At this point, I honestly would do something drastic. I would use Fantastic Four to basically Rick and Morty this whole thing, you know that Rick and Morty in season one, episode nine, like oh the Cronenberg, kind of, okay, yeah, man, so, you're gonna
3: do that to all of these characters that we've been with for over a decade, and you're gonna quote. I
2: think we have to like oh so basically God. what we're what we're referencing is in Rick and Morty episode episode nine they. There's this whole plot line where Rick messes up his home universe. He turns everybody in his home universe to these horrible mutated monsters they call Cronenbergs after David Cronenberg movies. And he and he can't solve it. The whole episode's about him thinking he can solve everything. And in the end, he keeps making it worse and worse until he screws it up. And then his big solution is We're leaving this dimension because we screwed it up and we're going to insert ourselves into a new dimension right at the moment that our variants there die. So they wait until their variants there die. Then they go to that universe. They bury their own corpses and then they just set up the whole series from there on out in this new universe. And it's been called back to many times like uh, they go back to their home universe and find out like the dystopia it's become. But they just start over the whole series in a new universe because they screwed up their old one so bad. And I feel like Marvel might have to take a page out of their book, and we're going to talk about (laughs) other pages Marvel stealing from Rick and Morty right now. But, um, yeah, I think the Fantastic Four can be a story about their interdimensional travelers. I feel like at the end of that movie, they end up in a dimension where there's mutants and there are heroes, but it's not our Marvel. We can't even agree if it's Earth-616 or Earth-19 99 99, 99 yeah so let's just start over and set up in a new universe and then secret wars is oh remember all those faces from our old universe and they come back and they fight and some of them make it but some of them don't and now we're in a completely new place right um yeah yeah all in the game has been on youtube and is a great youtube commenter and i said a couple things that i just want to quickly highlight and one of them is yeah i thought that We all thought like that. Marvel had a clear plan going into this, like we all thought it was pretty clear. We were like, oh, going after Endgame, we were all like, well, it seems pretty clear. We're going to have like a cosmic saga and an Earthbound saga and a rise of the young Avengers saga. Plus, like we were going to go into different genres like everybody in the horror would be linked in horror, Moon Knight, Blade, you know, Black Knight and Werewolf by Night and all that. They would be over here in their own storyline. Then the rise of the young Avenger would be their new storyline, and all of these different genre, like many franchises we've built, would come together for Secret Wars, and it would be so dope. And we are at like twelve percent of that plan. Yeah. Like
1: uh, not like everything.
2: <laughs> it feels like me trying to work from home these days, right? Like, I'm in my kitchen. I swear to God I'm there to just do my work shift and prep a meal for dinner. Four hours later, I've realized I've done half or a quarter of everything. And I've been running around in circles doing a little bit of everything, then moving to a little bit of this, then a little bit of that. And I haven't focused and gotten anything done. And I'm like, my feet hurt. My head hurts. Why is nothing done? (laughs) And it's just like, I feel like this is what Marvel is doing right now. And it's just like... Here's a little bit of this story. Here's a little bit of that story. Here's a little bit of this story. Oh, no, we don't really have anything. So I know we're starting to go in circles and beat it up. Yes. Anybody have any closing thoughts before we take a little quick break? And Matt, no. did you have quick thoughts? You say we're going in circles. You agree? No, I agree. All right. going Connor. <laughs>
3: Connor. Um, this can be fixed. It just it's going to take time and it's going to take some drastic creative decisions. Something that I wish any of these shows had done, and most of them did not.
2: I mean, I think it's kind of like uh, what happens when you're like a star of anything, a star athlete, a hit TV show. It's always sunny is a great kind of way to look at this right now, how they just revitalized their whole show in one of their best seasons ever through their podcast and examining what they had done and what they had lost in terms of steps. But I think Marvel needs to go back to that hungry, scrappy thing from phase one. So. Oh. I remember I started working here when that happened. And it was just, it was a mess, like Matt said, up until about phase two when they locked in with how much they could plan, how much they needed to keep free. It's like a vacation where you want to have a slight itinerary, but still kind of go with the flow. And they need to get back to that. So we're going to, I'm going to write about it. Check out comicbook.com Marvel. I'm about to write a whole piece about this and my theories about how we can turn this big ship around. But uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, me and Matthew Aguilar are going to react to Marvel's Hellfire Gala. We just got done looking through the pages and boy, howdy, do we need a shower? We'll discuss it with you guys. (laughs) Connor Casey, thank you for joining us and helping us out and talk. Marvel, I know you got to go, but when we come back, stay tuned. We're going to talk about the Hellfire Gala over in the X-Men comic universe. Welcome back to this Comic Book Nation bonus round episode where we just got done talking about the secret invasion finale and what is going on with the MCU franchise right now. Unfortunately, it's not going to get that much happier in our second half because Matt, Matthew, Aguilar and I have got to talk a little bit about X-Men comics today as we are recording this Marvel Comics has released its super secretive hellfire gala 2023 which if you don't remember this has been what i think this is the third one is it yeah so back in 2020 marvel launched uh this x-men event called the hellfire gala which is a massive party like the met gala uh every year where the x-men announce a new team because the x-men team would change annually so they would announce a new x-men team they invite a bunch of humans and mutants for this huge party there's great costumes that they put on elaborate you know Gala outfits. There's a lot of real-world celebrity tie-ins that have their likeness brought into it, and it's an event every year. And it's and it's been, I think, one of Marvel's more successful new kind of repeating events. And this year was hyped because we're getting to the end of the X-Men's Krakoa era, uh, their rebooted era, which helped launch this very show way back in a time in the before four times of 2019. <laughs> Uh, where we started the show talking about the X Men comic reboot. And now that era is finally coming to an end with Fall of X uh, this su- late summer fall. And Fall of X definitely began with a fall that started in this Hellfire Gala. So, Matt, first thing to you is what the what did I just read? <laughs> so much murder.
0: Yeah. We
2: all thought, I remember when we were reading Hoxpox, which was House of X and Powers of 10, the X Men event by Jonathan Hickman that kind of launched this Krakoa era. There were a couple issues of both. There was like one issue of Hawks and one issue of Pox. One issue of Pox was a future war with like Apocalypse and Wolverine and the machines and that got down to the bloody end where Wolverine reset the timeline for Moira McTaggart like right after all those future X-Men got horribly murdered. Yeah, And then there was the one where the X-Men first did their real mission to stop Orcus's mother mold Sentinel factory. And it was this horrific issue where all the X-Men went on this suicide mission and died, but they had resurrection protocols that they would unveil and they would all come back from the dead. But it was a pretty intense issue of like everybody getting horribly murdered and like Wolverine and Nightcrawler teleporting into the sun and (laughs) and all this stuff. Well, safe to say, I feel like Hellfire Gala 2023 takes the cake. Like we watch, I mean, Full spoilers, just letting you know, we're talking spoilers here, but we watched pretty much most of Mutantum get wiped out in this issue. Most of the X-Men we know and love get wiped out in this issue, the most powerful ones included, or just completely completely, like mentally maimed, cat, or just mentally and emotionally castrated in Xavier's case. Like, it it was pretty much a vision uh, where the bad guys definitely won. And not only one, but are having a pretty gleeful time throughout this, this issue. And I kept thinking like, oh, the tables are going to turn. They're laughing too much. Oh, the tables are going to turn. They're laughing way too No. And so it was a dark issue. Orcus had planned this strike. We had been seeing this. If you've been reading all the X-Men books kind of loyally, you saw all the threads of where this is all led. And that part did impress me a lot. I got to say how they sprung this trap using everything we've been reading in these books for so long right whether it was benjamin percy's like that ex death lives and deaths of wolverine and how that set up moira x and her like cybernetic body and all that and her kind of allegiance with Orcus to all the different ways we saw Orcus and xeno and horticulture and all these new villains that popped up in the krakoa era and all of that kind of come to fruition in this ultimate plan and even the stuff in like immortal x-men and stuff like that from the sinister stuff to all the different X-Men books that had Orcus and Dr. Stasis and all of that. So I was really impressed how they all, they brought it all together. I mean, it seems like we didn't miss too many threads of like what we've been seeing in the books over the last few years. I mean, only thing needed was beast to show up and be an asshole real quick. And now
1: would have been like, <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, and it's, it, I will give it that. I will say that, even the blight swill stuff at uh, Bishop Boar college and some other things like it, it's those threads have, have been planted as far as the, as far as the methods in which they go to take the mutants down. Um, And it is ironically, I just watched it. I can't talk about it yet. We'll talk about it on Friday, but I just watched like a very, uh bloody episode of television (laughs) where i saw a lot of like people like just get you know uh taken down um and so like i was already kind of coming off of um that and then to have that upped like to have that upped by x-men (laughs) it was just like you know the if you haven't looked at like some of the images like it's it's kind of insane i mean it won't like the first blow is like nimrod just coming in and pile driving and like cannonball loses a leg. Like it looks like, you know, uh, Dazzler gets like Jubilee. Gets, oh, Jubilee is Dazzler like gets
2: ripped apart. Yeah, yeah. Dazzler gets ripped apart. So does cannonball right off the bat. They're gone. Jubilee uh, gets crushed, oof. but she's still alive and she's basically like F you. And then he just stomps her face. In Cyclops like, falls yeah. off
1: the, in like the top of the, the treehouse and like, can't feel his legs, you know, like, She's gray, like uh, there's just, just so, murdered in slow motion. <laughs> geez, yeah. like, there's so much in this, and man, I <laughs> I'm, I'm so conflicted on it because like I just there's a part of me that I I understood that the fall what the fall of X meant. I I but I think in this case, I remember we talked about it like last year, maybe earlier this year when. We talked about how Hickman was leaving to do another, you know, Marvel project, which we now know is, you know, Ultimate Invasion and stuff. Um, and he kind of yeah, left in that the God's outline. book, yeah, and that my, God's in book,
2: the God's book that they helped backdoor promote yeah. in this book.
1: <laughs> and he left, you know, the outline with with them because Marvel wanted to actually stay in the world for a while longer because they they weren't ready to move to this. Because uh, uh, ironically, like Hickman's next chapter was this. This was going to be the next step, and like. From that's at least the impression you get from reading reports and interviews and stuff was that no, Marvel I just wrote that up. He wanted
2: he wanted House and Pox to, in Dawn of X to just be one year, and then this was supposed to be like yeah. year two, and then there was another chapter that would have been year three, and it was a
1: three-year and out plan. Yeah, and I don't often side with um like editorial <laughs> when it comes to a creator's vision, but I gotta say, uh I think that was the right move. And I still actually feel like at this point uh, this was too soon. I don't feel like this was a bummer because uh, there's so much now we're going to look, we'll get into more of this as the weeks go on because there are, you know, things that like might not be completely true. I mean, at this point, you know, so many people were moved through the gates and essentially described as, you know, a meat grinder and and lost, but you yeah, know, they also, Rick and it. yeah, but also the theory of, The gate as well, like there's also very much there's a lot of theories going around of like how a lot of people who are in those aren't actually necessarily dead. They might have been moved over here. You know, Orcus is, you know, building a prison and with a bunch of things. You don't build that if you're not going to fill it with people. So like there's there's also a lot of theories going around. Maybe not all of this is, you know, completely dire as it seems. Um, Some of it is the five is gone. So there's no resurrection protocols. Dead is dead. Like, but I feel like reading this, I go, yeah, this was, you built so much and you, and you built out so much of this world. And honestly, I wasn't really done being in that. And I really felt like this was, I don't know, kind of just imploding a really great thing too soon. Um, We'll see how it gets mad. We'll see how it plays out during the chest. Uh, But like, I just don't think it. uh, You know, I don't know. I kind of left it like, no, okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I feel like this, I could have seen this as part two, as a drastic turn of events in your happy status quo, right? Like you, you, Koa starts happy and idealistic. Then there's complications. Then you get this major empire strikes back moment. And then you got to have a return of the Jedi kind of rise again. Um, this feels more like you like Dawn of X, because what, what the fascination for people who are just listening or watching and don't know was Hickman introduced so many wild ideas into X-Men and, and a whole new literal, literal world for them that the creators were like, there's so much this is making my brain do. We want to keep playing with this. And I now and I think you said you agreed that that was the right idea,
1: right? I think that's the right idea. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Me too. Because I think like we've had wonderful things like X of swords is still one of my favorite, which was so unexpected and how that kind of played out in this game of kind of political maneuvering in this other world surrender centered, and what looked like it'd be a sword fight and just the other world stuff, the Araco and X-Men red on Mars, like all of this stuff has been great. And I think even like, as the ideas have evolved, like the initial lines of books that had some like that one, I even forget like with Quannon, with, with Quannon, uh, Quannon and like, her whole deal there was a book that was like centered on oh, that, fallen and angels. like yeah fallen angels like all of those that kind of like maybe weren't didn't pan out the best i think there was still so much good meat on the bone that we could have kept playing with this for a while and i hope this doesn't have to do with the marvel cinematic universe side of things like the miss marvel of it all and everything because I mean, we've written about how there were so many ideas in the Krakoa era that would be great to help distinguish the X-Men on the live action screen, too. So, like, I hope that we're not just going to go back and just go back to, like, X-Men being now in a world of fears and hates them. But it's because mutants have done, like, this horrible stuff and their own massacre and for new context of the same idea. Um I hope that we get some kind of balance a measure of balance between them, because like I said, I have said it repeatedly. I think there are ideas that Hickman has introduced that are never coming away from mutants. Like the yeah. idea that mutants are distinguished by using their powers in coordination, as opposed to individually mm-hmm this whole idea about what are they, what it is to be a nation of people. But even though you have bad people within your nation was like wonderfully complicated for like race relations and things like that about like, yeah, we stick together, but what happens to the bastards in our own camp? Like, you know, what happens when you have a sinister in there or a saber tooth in there? These were all intriguing. The character changes I saw in Xavier and Magneto and everybody like storm, like this has been great for a lot of kids. Like, Exodus, yeah, oh, like, finally mattering. Yeah.
1: <laughs> There's characters like that a big have, yeah, have benefited from Tempo. There's characters that have benefited from Kokoa, Like, I. they are just on the radar, and they've done so much with them just simply for the fact that they actually had a canvas, and they had ideas for them, and they just they tried to the, – Legion? Some of the Legion stuff that they did
2: yeah. earlier on. Oh, Legion's been so much more interesting of a character. Proteus, like all yes. of these weird 90s, like throwaway characters came back around. Bishop, Fiabin Cortez even yep. had a role to play in this. Um, like you said, uh, Exodus, all these weird things from the 90s came around. All we needed was Maggot to be the hero of Krakoa. And we yes. like, didn't have to come full circle. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I is, just, so yeah, I agree with I you. Hope I hope. Uh,
2: and the timeline stuff has been fascinating. And I hope we don't lose all this because I'm still working off stuff like, that I'm interested in from House of X that I want to see. like I yeah. want to see more about like Sinister and these timelines and the breeding pits and all of this stuff and what leads to Dominion and the Phalanx. There's so much on the table that I hope we don't... like, And it feels like somebody playing chess and got just
1: mad and was just like,
0: rah! And, just right. like,
1: my, and I hope that's not it. I, my hope is that the balance thing you mentioned before kicks in and we get a restructured version of the X-Men and Krakoa that is like, hey, you know, Krakoa is around, but there's a whole offshoot, you know, island or, or not even island, but like a whole offshoot uh, area where like mutants who have like they can't go back because, you know, of what happened there. Things like that. There ends up being like these kind of siloed groups that's interesting to play off of because then you're starting to get into more societal aspects. Uh, resurrection protocols maybe aren't allowed back. Like for some reason, they can't do that anymore. So like death matters again to mutants. But that doesn't mean you take away and strip away all the other things they've learned. Like I want to see that. I don't want to go back to, oh, it's just a bunch of mutants living in a mansion. <laughs> I don't want to go back to there. We've come too far. So I'm okay with you having that as your home base. If like a code doesn't work for some reason or something, but like, I don't want everything to just go, Hey, we're going back to basics. If I see that email, <laughs> if I see that Marvel, like uh promotional thing of like, Hey, the X-Men, the classic X-Men are back. I'm going to like vomit. Cause I'm like, no, that's regressing. <laughs> that's not, Yeah. that's not uh, evolving. Yeah. So I know we need to wrap up and go, but yeah, that's, that's what my, my hope yeah. is. I hope we get some of that.
2: Yeah. I mean, we can't go back. Like, yeah, you can't go back in just to make this palatable. Like you, you have to find a way. And I, and I want the X-Men to still be battling timelines. Like this has been one of the most interesting things about this whole thing was the different timelines of Moira X, the different inevitable ways of getting this future where man, machine, and mutant are locked into this kind of death spiral together even the sins of sinister, which was like one of my favorite events of this new thing, which is reading like the future where sinisters taking everything over. I hope we keep playing with that because them basically battling possible futures is the battle I want to see. So, yeah, this was a this was an intense thing. Marvel Hellfire Gala, real intense. It seems like a party, <laughs> it just quickly takes a turn and it's just like, nope, everybody was gonna die. It's like hey, everybody Ms. did Marvel
1: die and boo everything. Dude, I mean, Mystique. <laughs>
2: oh god, like Mystique. Oh, yeah. There's another I one their brain like explode and jump out the window and
0: that's uh, the thing I want
2: to answer. That's why I don't buy like there's little clues yeah. I don't buy like destiny leaving mystique to die and knowing that could happen and still doing it, I don't buy. um poor juggernaut got his head in. like you know, I got catch a break. Oh yeah, yeah he got melted but I mean he yeah. has to come nope. back. there's like a whole there's a whole Iceman book coming, so like
1: yeah I mean, yeah, there's just I'm hoping things- like you said, there's some fake outs. yeah, I'm hoping.
2: All right. Well, any
1: any final thoughts before we get out of here? I uh, want to shout out my buddy Brad, who jumped into the chat to talk about some uh, Werewolf by Night. Also, uh, I'm glad Peter saw me dancing during the break, because I was dancing, and no one could see oh, it. Oh, so was Bye. I. Uh, I we oh, no, yeah, were dancing together. We just didn't know. So, yes. Yeah, oh,
2: fun. I was dancing on the intro. I'm sorry. That's right. Okay. If you go back to the intro, you'll see me uh, also but dancing. Me. But, um, <laughs> All right, this has been Comic Book Nation's bonus round where we reacted to some big Marvel events, the end of Secret Invasion and in the state of the MCU, plus the X-Men Hellfire Gala just did a big, drastic about bout face turn to the entire X-Men universe, and we are psyched to hear where it goes from here because this is what we started this podcast on. If you are just jumping in for this special episode, be sure you're here every Friday live at noon Eastern when we do the regular Comic Nation show where we cover all things geek culture from Marvel, DC, movies, TV, Star Trek, Star Wars, anime, Power Rangers, snacks, wrestling, everything. We do it all. So be sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms for that. This week, we will be talking about The Witcher, Season 3, Part 2, Twisted Metal. Ooh. Much. plus a whole bunch of other big stuff that's happening. Be sure you go listen to our Barbie, our Barbenheimer episode from last week and our Oppenheimer breakdown episode where we discuss everything in intricate detail about Christopher Nolan's uh big Oscar already Oscar buzzing film. This is Comic Book Nation. I'm Kofi Outlaw and my co-host Matthew Aguilar and we will see you guys on the next one. Peace. <laughs>